Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we dive deep into conversations about topics that impact Christian homeschool families, exploring parenting, discipleship, marriage, and education as we go. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I'm being joined today by Amber Johnston. Amber and I are going to be discussing the absolute joys of parenting teens, and I think you'll be encouraged as we look at our expectations and realities, how to engage with your teen with a depth of understanding, how to grow up with your teen, and so much more. This is a great episode no matter how old your children are currently. Today's episode is brought to you by Heritage Defense. You may or may not already have legal protection for your right to homeschool, but what if a social worker knocked on your door and the allegation was not about homeschooling? Since 2010, Heritage Defense has been providing member families with 24-7 direct access to experienced Christian attorneys ready to protect your children and defend your parental rights. Membership with Heritage Defense also provides you an attorney beyond your initial call, including being with you for any meetings with CPS and representing you in court if needed, at no extra cost to you. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heritage to join today. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash heritage. Before we dive into my conversation with Amber, I am beyond excited to tell you about my new book, Homeschooling for the Heart, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators. It's available now in digital form for only $5, and I sincerely believe it will be a great help and encouragement to you as you homeschool and parent your precious children. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to learn more and download your copy today. I have been overwhelmed by and grateful for the feedback I've already received from those who've read it, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts as well. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to get your copy today. And now let's dive right into my conversation with Amber Johnston. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am very, very excited to have Amber Johnston with us again today. Amber has been on the podcast one other time. She also joined us this year in Pigeon Forge, and it has just been a great joy to get to know her. So I'm excited for you to hear her. Amber, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I am looking forward to it. For those of you who have not met her, Amber is the author at Heritage Mom Blog. She also has a new book out called A Place to Belong. She talks about world schooling. She talks about all kinds of stuff and has a whole lot of experience to back it all up. So you all are in for a treat. Before we dive in, you you and I had talked about discussing teenagers and kind of giving some different perspectives on parenting that because we are both enjoying that process. Um, But before we do, I want you to tell everybody about the trip that you just took with your kids and, you know, kind of how the Lord worked. Because I, I, that is such a good story that I want to make sure everybody hears it before we dive in. Yeah, for sure. So um, we are world schoolers and kind of we stay home here in the U.S. and we have roots here and friends and things that we do, but we periodically leave the country, usually for about two or three months at a time. And on our last trip, 
we were in Europe. We were supposed to be there for three months and COVID hit. And so we ended up having to cut that trip short and come home. And so this time we've gathered, you know, gathered our finances and got our, our, ourselves together and we're going to head back out. This time our destination was West Africa, um, Ghana specifically. And um, but before we got there, we were like, we'll swing through Europe and try to make up some of the last trips. So we spent time in London and Paris and finally arrived in Ghana and we were just exploring. Um, at this point, my husband had to come back home for work. And so the kids and I were alone in Ghana and just enjoying it so much, soaking up the culture and the history and the music and the food and the fabric and all of the things. Um, and and also learning how difficult life can be yeah. in other places. And uh, I started to not feel well while we were there. And I thought, oh, it's fine. It's just because it's so hot and and things like that. But as time went on, I started feeling like, yeah, maybe something is wrong, but what to do? I don't know. Does insurance work over there? And I don't have anyone to watch my kids. And I thought I'll, I'll be fine. Um, my sister had pre-planned to come visit us while we were there. During the months we were there, she was going to come for one week. Mm -hmm. And she arrived. And the next day I was admitted to the hospital. Wow. So um, I, I had an infection. They still aren't sure exactly what it was, um, but it was making me really ill, and I was in a lot of pain, and I ended up being in the hospital there for six days, and at that time, it was time for my sister to return back to the U.S., and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I wanted to stay. I didn't want my trip to be cut short again and ruined again, but I felt like I either had to go back with her or risk the chance that I, I got sick again or didn't yeah. get better quick yeah. enough. And so I checked myself out of the hospital and made the harrowing trip back home. And um, in the middle of all that, I, there was so much disappointment and frustration and, and all that. But I just could not stop talking to God. Like, I totally see how you were here with me this whole time. What are the chances that the day before I get admitted to the hospital when I would have had no one to watch my kids and my sister shows up? My, my husband couldn't come. He didn't have a visa for Ghana or anything like that. So here she comes taking care of my kids. They're out having a great time. They're not traumatized or upset. And um, things worked out financially. And just um, I just felt him holding my hand the whole time. And the message that I felt, you know, inside was that even though things don't always go the way that you planned, I am here and I see you and I'm with you and it's always going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he knows the end from the beginning and we can always yeah. trust him. And that is, that is such a privilege as a believer to recognize that and to lean into that. But as you were telling me the way that everything kind of fell into place, I, and that is just such a testimony of God's goodness. And I am so thankful that you're you're willing to share it and talk about it with with all of us. But how old, you know, you've talked about going to Europe, you've talked about going to Africa. How old are your kiddos that you're doing all this? Because I'll bet there are ones out there thinking, you know, how is she traveling by herself with with children? <laughs> oh, I know. It's um so right now they are seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen. And we first left the country for an extended amount of time when the youngest was only one. Wow. So he had his second birthday 
while we were in South America for a few months. Mm -hmm. But um, so we've been doing this for years and um, it's just been a beautiful thing. Things go wrong, clearly, right? COVID, sickness. Somebody was telling me that I'm not a good example of why people should travel. (laughs) But I said, no, don't look at it that way. Look at it as I'm a good example that it's always going to be okay. Yeah. Um, That that it's not, it's it's just going to be, it's going to be okay. And things don't always look the way we expect. But um. Uh, so yeah, I became the mom of a teenager this year, which has been really exciting. It really is. I get, I get real frustrated when people talk down about the teenage years and they fear it and all of that. I have parented all the way through three teenagers out the other side, and I've got my my baby is sixteen now. And as we were talking before, parenting teenagers is an amazingly awesome thing. It's so cool. It's so fun. And I'm having a great time with her. I mean, just I think that our conversations, the things that we can talk about, um, the experiences that we share and um, listening to her hopes and dreams and seeing what I find fun in a unique way that really only her father and I can really, really dig into is the manifestation of her teenage self, which is exactly like her two-year-old self, (laughs) but with all these years of maturity behind it, you know, I'm thinking like, oh my goodness, this child, like God presented her here as a person and she is that same person, but she's growing up. And I, I just really, I get a kick out of it. It's enjoyable to me. And I love the responsibility and the feeling of knowing that we're helping to mold her. But I also love that I don't have this huge pressure mm. because I see how much she is fully how she came to me. And that I know that um, she was created, right, by the creator and that he is you know, setting her steps. And that I'm a good, I'm a wonderful guide, I right. hope, but that it's not all of it's not on me. Right. So he 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 has obviously done a work in her. So um, I think it's just been and I enjoy her friends. So that's another thing. You know, I I love and I'll be texting my other friend, her friends, parents, her friends, moms, (laughs) and I'll be like, oh, they're over here. And I'm trying not to take pictures of them. They're just so cute. You know, they're eating me out of house and home. And yes, that's people always talk about teenage boys eating. And I'm like, listen, teenage girls are they've got to be very close behind exactly. <laughs> so, um, in general just eat a lot yes oh my gosh and I'm thinking to myself how could this even be possible but um I do I I love it and I I'm getting a confidence built uh, booster during this time as personally as a mom and as a woman because a lot of the foundations that I felt like I was laying down for so long I wasn't necessarily seeing the immediate fruit from those things. And I'm thinking, hmm. And what kept me going was seeing parents like you, Leslie, and other moms and dads who were like, keep going. They just kept saying, they said, be steady and keep going. And I'm like, I don't see it, but okay. (laughs) And now I'm starting to see like, oh, those years of doing this this way now she has started to own that, or I see how it is manifested. And, and I'm just, you know, it's just, it's a good feeling. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. And one of the things that I, I'm so grateful for, especially when that 12, 13, 14, those younger teenage years, and I've thought about this so, so many times is 
as our kiddos are growing and changing, there's so much going on internally. And there's so much, you know, between hormones and all of these things that are just kind of going on inside of them. And it can cause such insecurity and so many questions for them. But as a mom who is engaged and who is right there with them, we're able to remind them, you are exactly the kid that God created and that I've known all this time. And you're able to just really guide them through that and help them gain confidence in, in a time of their life when so many just fall to such insecurity and such doubts, but, but by being there and the one that they can talk to or cry with or whatever kind of emotions they're dealing with, we are there to help them through it. That is one of the greatest privileges of that younger teenage time. And it's built, like you noted, it's built on all of those years of building a relationship of knowing them well, so that as it's starting to develop and mature, you already have such a deep relationship. It just keeps getting better every step of the way. No, you said that perfectly. And I think that's really true. And I had always hoped for that, but I think there was still this doubt in my mind, you know, and I think a lot of it is what you hear about teenagers. As soon as you start saying something about raising teenagers, the disparaging comments, the eye rolls, oh, you better get ready or you better enjoy them while you can. There was a fear that there was going to be some type of loss I felt there, maybe loss in relationship or loss in kind of the way our family operates. And, and I just, um, I know that that could always be a risk, but I just haven't seen that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we stay prayed up, you know, we're continuing to pray (laughs) and pray with her and over her and in all of those different ways. But so far it's just been a real joy and not just in the relationship that I see between, you know, my teen and myself, but also with the siblings. Yep. I see like a new level of leadership that isn't quite as controlling or dominating as maybe her approaches had been in the past, but where she's coming alongside them and sharing a little bit, but is also asking for space at times and, you know, navigating friendships and and figuring out what does it mean to be a good friend and forgiveness and grace, receiving and giving both, um, all of those things. It's a, uh, it's quite a, a, um, I think really interesting time that maybe as homeschoolers, we don't always spend as much time talking about as we could or, or should, because it gives people, I think in the younger years, vision as to what could come. Well, and hope that it can be amazing. It is, you know, it is not a given that your child is going to reach 13 and want to be dropped off around the corner from, you know, church or whatever. So they're not seen with you. That's not a given. That is not even the way it's supposed to be. And as a mom who is, who, and a dad who is focused on going for the heart of your children and really forging those tight relationships, you really can just see them grow but one of the things that that is so important is to continue to grow with your child. So we can't parent our 13-year-old as if she was still 8. And that's I think where a lot of a lot of parents because of fear. I think that's where we get off track some is we we hold our kids back because we're so afraid that they'll make terrible decisions rather than allowing them to spread their wings appropriately. And trusting the foundation that we've given them all these years. Yeah. And I think I I know for me, I'm having to learn to not let my 
expectations that I've riled up in my imagination <laughs> um, destroy a moment, you yeah. know? So sometimes I think like, oh, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. And it's going to be so phenomenal. And she's going to react uh, like she would when she was five, when right. she got cotton candy, you know, and, and it's not like that always, you know, sometimes she's just like, oh, it's okay. Or yeah, I probably wouldn't really want to come here again. Or I didn't really want to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I could go in my corner and kind of lick my wounds and right. be all offended and make her feel guilty for what she said. But instead, I just, I'm so, I just think to myself, I'm really glad that she feels comfortable to tell me how she really feels. Rather, she doesn't feel like she has to perform for me or act like something is terribly exciting. But I also, and I tell her this, and I feel this way too, there were things at, at other ages that we did because I felt that they were important and she might not have thought they were thrilling. Right. But later she realized, wow, this is really great. And I'm really glad that we did this, or I can see why, why this was important. And I said, and there are things that we're doing right now that you may not feel are the most amazing and thrilling things in life. But as a guide, the guide that the Lord has given you here, your earthly mother, like I am here to make the best decisions I can. Yeah. And I think that this, I feel pretty good about this one. Like, I think that in the end, you're going to appreciate this. And so we have those moments where we're talking and there's some give and take and um, some push and pull. It's not like everything's just perfect all the time. But I think the communication is what has allowed us to um, grow, right. like you said, for both of us to allow us to grow and shift. And, and, you know, also sometimes she has to tell me, mom, I'm not eight. Exactly. And I'm like, you're sure oh, yeah. not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, and they're, there are different things, you know, even things like fashion, you know, sometimes she'll go to my husband and she's like, mom wants me to wear this to the piano recital. And I don't want to, and I'm, and he, he always tells me, he's like, Amber, you know, this is a small thing. Yeah. Let it go. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I don't always like the, you know, the fashion or whatever it is that she wants to do. But then he says, you know what, I'm just so thankful that she's dressed like a, like a 13 year old girl, right. you know what I mean? And he was like, so if you didn't want the neon pink shirt and you wished it was Navy, but you know, he's like, I'm just glad the whole, the whole shirt is there. Exactly. You know? so, <laughs> yes. He's like, so let's just let it go on the color. I'm like, that is a good word. Exactly. That is a good word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so true. And it's, it comes down to really, truly engaging with one another in an understanding way where you you have to kind of think a little bit like where she is. You you have to let go and you you noted that so well. Let go of some of your expectations to allow her to be where she is. She is, you know, when I was 13, I was layering everything and it was, you know, teasing hair and all kinds of craziness. Yes. And and I that's all part of growing up and there's nothing wrong with it. Even if moms kind of want to look their eyes down and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I did not do this, I promise. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's that understanding and that freedom. If we're able to give them freedom in the areas that aren't dangerous, aren't anything that is is threatening, that is going to make them much more much more willing to take the restrictions in the areas where we can't give them that same freedom. And so there's yes. this balance that that we have to show them that we are letting them grow up. We are trusting them with some decisions that they are now coming into being able to make. But also 
we still we still are responsible for shepherding their hearts and guiding them and keeping them keeping them safe from decisions that they could make that would be really harmful. Yeah, and I think that um, I'm seeing that we're spending a lot more time in those things that you're talking about here now. Um, and yet our academics are steadily going along mm-hmm. so well. And I'm like, wow, okay, so the years where the percentage of the pie was more about the reading, the writing, the math, those things are almost, she almost does those things independently right. now right. to the point of they're just going along. She's doing a great job. And I see we're spending more time on the growth, character, maturity. These are kind of the conversations. So it's not so much, did you do your algebra? Because I know she did it. And she did a good job. It's, she's diligent with her work. It's more about tell me how it was when you guys went bowling on Friday. How did it, you know, did you have fun or what, you know, or whatever we're negotiating. And I know like when you talked about worrying about the small things, she wanted to cut her hair this year. And when I say cut, I mean a big chop. Yep. And I was like, oh my God. So she had these, <laughs> I know. I was like, these ringlets had poured down her back oh, for so God. many years. <laughs> and I just couldn't, you know, and I, I did say no at first. I resisted, but she kept coming in. And I just really had to think about it. It, it just took me a minute. You know, I, I was mourning this little look that for some reason was nostalgic to yep. me, I guess. Yeah. And, um, but I said, okay, you know, it's fine. And, and I said, I'll, I'll do it myself. She's like, well, I can go to the salon. I was like, listen, girl, we're not going to do $150 chop. <laughs> I got, I got this, you know, I can do it. And I cut it myself. And I have to tell you, I started crying and she thought I was upset. I was crying. It's, it was so cute. Aww. It was so fresh and fun and it fit her. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad that you talked me into this. I love it. And I, every time I see it, I just think, oh, she knew exactly what she needed. But at the same time, we're entering into this space where in the your earlier years, all of the families around us, we kind of all had the same rules or values and approaches to things. And so there was never a distinction. And and for that, I'm thankful. And I guess we kind of kicked the can down the road. But now we're at this point where we're around a lot of the same families and everyone has a different way of doing things. And I can't really say any of them are bad, right? All lovely families, everybody has their way. But sometimes, you know, she's now more and more like uh, recently the thing was, you know, she was like, everyone else has an iPhone. And I was like, well, not everyone. And then she started naming all the people. and, And I was like, well, Nearly everyone. Yes, nearly everyone. And I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, you know, but I was just like, you know, but I let you cut your hair. And, um, you know, we talked about it. And yeah, I just had to say there are certain things that um, beautiful, wonderful, Christ-loving families in our lives are going to allow their children to do. And there are certain things that we allow you to do or yeah. watch or places you go that they don't. And so I think that now, as you're getting older, you're going to see these differences manifest more and we have to just work through it. But there are some areas where your father and I, our no is really our no. Right. Right. And there's, you know, there is a trust that you build with each other as, as you're talking, like I was even thinking as you went through the haircut, which I I reacted the way I did because I've been there. I've been there when, you know, I'm like, no, no, anything with that. And it's such a small thing. And I have to remind myself it'll grow back and all these other things. But, But when you get to beyond your no to your yes, you know, it's such a powerful thing to say, listen, I was, I was holding on to old stuff. There was no real reason for me to tell you no on that. 
Because then when you turn around and there is a real reason for you to tell them no, you've already owned up when there isn't. So you've already shown I can be flexible on stuff that doesn't matter. This one really does to us. We're accountable to God. And this is the way that we, we believe God wants our family to operate. And so that, that balance that we strike by really just authentically engaging with our children, growing up together gives a great, um, just a great platform for the the yeses and the nos, um, and for all of us to grow together to to for them to understand why there are yeses and nos too as they're getting older. Oh, absolutely, and I think you know I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, sometimes you know Scott and I find ourselves often talking to other families, like, "Hey, how are you guys seeing this? Yep. What are your thoughts behind it?" And the kids don't necessarily see that, and and. You know, they don't need to be a part of those all of those conversations, but we are working to make sure that what we're doing has wise rationale behind it and that we're not just arbitrarily, you know, setting rules down just because we can. Right. But, you know, it's it's not it's not easy being a teen or growing. It's not always easy being a parent, you know, and I'm always telling my kids, I'm your mom, but I'm also a woman yep. who's growing in her faith and and still growing in maturity and making mistakes and finding a way. Like I'm not a, a superhuman robot, you right. know what I mean? So yeah. whenever I have to apologize for something, you know, I remind them like I, 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 I am a sinner, you know, like I do things wrong and sometimes intentionally, sometimes I'm not just not doing right. And then sometimes I make mistakes just like you guys do. And I think that's something important for our kids to realize. I don't think I realized that growing up. So uh, my parents were so wonderful, but when they made mistakes, I thought they were just awful because how could you, you know, like you were supposed to be perfect. And so I think uh, that was news to me that parents weren't fully formed in perfection, you know? So I think um, that's that's also been interesting. Oh, it is, and it's so important acknowledging your 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 wrongs, acknowledging when you made a, a bad call, uh, saying you're sorry. Those are really important, especially as your kids are becoming teenagers, because that keeps their hearts soft. They can't argue with a person who recognizes that they were wrong. You know, at that point, they get to make the choice to forgive and move on just like we do. And it is all part of their growth. And it's all part of strengthening your family and strengthening that platform, giving them a foundation. It's all good. And so God uses even our mistakes in such a great way because he is an amazing, wonderful God. And uh, I just, I truly stand in awe of his plan for families. I think it's so true. And yeah, you say that his plan for families, I see how like that is a strength of my husband's. And so like basically apologizing, seeing, you know, having a soft heart, seeing where he went wrong and being willing to, you know, and at watching him with our kids, but first with me, you know, the way that he's, I'm just like, wow, you are really good at that. And so I love that I have this example right here in my life. Um, that my partner in life is someone who exemplifies that well and has shown me kind of how to do that in a um, healthy way. So it's been, it's been a great blessing. Yep. Teamwork. The, the way yeah. God put even our couples together is such a, such a great thing. Um, yes. You know, I was thinking as you were talking earlier about 
some of the changes in our teens and, you know, the things you noted, you know, the reaction to things and, and the things that they like and the things that, you know, it's not as exciting as it once was. And, you know, you find that all the way up. And this is something that God really taught me because even, you know, we have, we have been privileged to travel quite a bit. Um, we haven't taken as extended trips as you have, but we have taken mission trips abroad and, and, you know, two, three week trips abroad. And I found as the kids were getting older, that their super excitement for going wherever it was that we were going was dampened a little bit because they were going to miss their friends or they were going to miss activities or they were going to, you know, whatever they were, they were missing out. And, you know, we, had to step back in those moments and recognize this is a very real thing to them. They are going to miss their friends. They are going to miss this event or whatever. It doesn't change that this is a much better use of their time right now. This is the thing that we need to be doing. But we don't want to downplay or make light of those emotions you know, a lot of times we would find creative ways to work around or to, you know, kind of figure out ways to have our cake and eat it too, if we could. But but just showing them that that those hesitations mean something to us. We acknowledge them and we, we see them um, and, and we're willing to work with them, not to derail what we believe God wants our family to do, but, but to acknowledge and to, to empower them to try to figure out a way around it. No, to definitely to include their feelings, yes. like to actually um, give their feelings weight in our decisions and to show them that what they feel is real and right. that it matters because it's so easy to like laugh it off. Like, oh my gosh, really? This is you're so going to miss the like, yeah, you're going to miss the like church skating party, right. but we're going to be in France, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you, you know, you have to continue because that is very dismissive right. of, of how, what they're feeling in that moment. And we had that experience. My daughter turned 13 in Ghana. Yep. And she was like, well, I'm not going to have a party with all my friends. And I thought I would do this. And I thought I would do that. And I had to really think, and I'm like, girl, you're on the trip of your life, you know. <laughs> but I, I thought, okay, let's talk about this. So I, I said two things. One, what are the things that would just, if you could design the perfect day right here in Accra, Ghana, that this is where we are, what would you want? And she told me the things and they were so simple and so easy to execute on. And we made all of those dreams come true that day. And I said, and then when we get back home, I was like, we will have a belated birthday and you can make all those dreams come true with your friends and do all the things. And she was super excited about that and everything worked out. So the funny thing is when we got back to the U.S., I was like, okay, you know, what is it that you wanted to do with your friends? And she was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, well, I thought you had this dream of like this, like fireworks were bursting in the air. And she was like, no, I think I just want to see, like, maybe they could come over and we could watch a movie. And I was just like, so I realized that in that emotional moment where she was upset about her birthday being there, I think she just wanted to be heard. Right. You know, she just wanted me to hear her. That like, hey, this is a big deal and I'm not at home and I'm maybe a little scared that it won't be special. Yeah. Um, because then when I try to give her all that she wanted, she didn't really want anything. <laughs> well, and I think that there's there's a little bit of, I don't say this mean because I do it myself, but a feeling sorry for yourself, a, a bemoaning all of the things that you're missing out on and you blow them up so, so much that you miss the things around you. Whereas when we're able to acknowledge the loss, 
then they're able to appreciate the gain so much more. And yes. again, I say that because I am the chief offender of that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I recognize yeah. it in others. But we have to we have to acknowledge those things that they are missing out on, even if what they're getting is so much grander and so much bigger and long term so much better. Um, But it just it strengthens again, you're strengthening those relationships by just these little things that you're able to do with your teens. For sure. And I think, um, you know, another thing that I've gotten to witness recently is that. I often think that from XYZ experience, my child is going to pull this out. This is what she's going to take from it. Maybe because that's what I took from it. Maybe because the lesson plans I saw online, (laughs) that's what it looked like they were taking from it, whatever the thought is. And um, that's not what she comes away with. But what she does come away with is always so good. Hmm. And I saw that recently when... Um, we talked about the struggle of being in a place with so much need and so much poverty and knowing that we were only there temporarily and we would go back home to um, the land of plenty. And how do you deal with that? You know, and so she was talking about that. She was like, mom, I'm having a hard time when we're out and about during the day of making sense of why I have the life I have and people here, you know, we, we were, I was like, that was a wonderful thing to be thinking about and for us to be talking about. And, you know, we dug into so many conversations, you know, things of you're making an assumption that they're unhappy, you know, like because of your overlay of what your expectations are for things um, that yes, you know, place matters. There's examples of place mattering all throughout the Bible. And God has presented us in the place that we are to be. And um, he has a plan for all of us and all of these different things. And the idea that is it, she, she felt guilty about uh, looking forward to going home. And I said, you don't have to feel guilty Hmm. to love where you're from. And I was like, that's not, that's not, I don't think that that's what anyone's called to do, to feel bad about your homeland. And I was like, we have a beautiful home, you know, our, our literal home, our state, our country. And it's okay to like long for it when you're away from it. And um, that you don't have to feel bad about that. So, you know, those are the conversations. Now, was she really interested in Monet's paintings when we went to see them? Not as interested as I had hoped she would be, (laughs) you know, but we're having these other conversations that let me know that every experience is valuable. Every experience is valuable. Well, and I think that you may be amazed at what comes up in conversation later that you thought wasn't a big deal at the time because I have I have dumbfounded my kids I've got 23, 21, 19 and 16 now and we'll be sitting around the table when we when we actually get to sit around the table together now but when we do the stuff that they bring up there are so many times that I'm like I just didn't think that meant squat to you and yet <laughs> those are the things that they're relaying now and laughing about and and recounting and it is such a joy and so again you've got to just keep the long view in mind yeah. uh, oh, in the moment good. In the moment, you may miss something. They may miss something. 
But those little seeds are there and they'll grow into the recognition that, oh, my stars, I got to see a Monet. That will that will actually rock their world at some point. And they will have already seen it. That that seeing it will never go away. They'll just appreciate it a lot more as they mature into the understanding of how unbelievably awesome that really is. I love that. Yeah, I, love I, that. I hope that encourages because I honestly, we sit around the table and the stuff they bring up is so obscure and so amazing that I'm just like, God, this is this is such a joy to now hear them talk about stuff that I thought was just a failure. You know, <laughs> I thought, well, that was a waste. Um, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. They just weren't quite mature enough for you. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, that does give me a lot of hope. That gives me a lot of hope. <laughs> Well, we are just about out of time, but I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. Tell us about your book and how they can find that. And then also, I believe you're joining us in Round Rock this year, aren't you? I am. I'm so excited about that. I am um, so yes. You can find me on heritagemom.com, which is my website full of articles and book recommendations and all the things um, on Instagram at Heritage Mom Blog and same with Facebook. And my book, A Place to Belong, is a really unique guide to parents who want their children to feel celebrated in their own homes and rooted, but also want to show them how to celebrate and love on others. So Mm -hmm. it's a book for all families, and um, hopefully it's a little bit of an antidote to some of the arguing and fighting that we see going on in our nation today. Yes, 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 yes. Well, we'll be sure that we link all of those things in the show notes to make it super easy for people to connect with you. But Amber, thank you so much for taking the time to to hang out with me today. It has been, as always, a huge joy to speak with you. Oh, thank you so much. It was great. Well, you are welcome. Everyone else, I appreciate your spending your time with us. I I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope you've been challenged to think about the teenage years maybe a little differently or get excited about what lies in store or about how you may want to rearrange the way that you're approaching your kids now. But I do hope that this has been a help to you. Again, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, that we get to see you at a Teach Them Diligently event this year. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.